The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Thank you, God Almighty, because even as I bring forth your word this morning, you will anoint my tongue, you will anoint my lips to speak a word in season to every weary soul, and all the glory and honor will be unto you and you alone, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you just welcome someone beside you again, and you may be seated. Glory to Jesus. Okay. It sparkles, it sparkles. It sparkles. And this morning, I, I want to be focusing a bit more on speaking to singles. Amen. I know there are married people here this morning, so I enjoy you not to switch off. Like Pastor T said, these are principles that are applicable across boards. Glory to God. You know, the advantage for those that are still single today is that you still have an opportunity to get wisdom to get counsel before you embark on that journey that is meant to be the journey of no return if you are married there are some things that are set in stone and are cast in stone amen you are joined to that person already but if you are still single in this house in, in the house this morning it's still an opportunity for you to take your time and look around and make a decision that will align with the future that God has for you that will ensure that where I mean when eventually you get married you can be experiencing sparkles and sparkles every day and every moment in the name of Jesus so you still have time to ensure that you are making an informed decision. You are taking the right steps towards marital relationships and eventually marriage. Now we live in a society where there is a lot of pressure that are put on that is put on single people. You know, when you when you attain a particular age, when you attain a particular status, you know, people around you start asking, "Oh yeah, where is he? Where is she?" You know, we want to see who your partner is. But we need to understand that people are called to run different races. Amen. Each person has an individual race to run. And so, on the one hand, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't put pressure on people to conform to what other people have experienced. And if you are the person that is being pressured, you know, you shouldn't allow yourself to be pressurized into getting into something that is not the ultimate plan and will of God for your life. Everyone is not going to get married at the same age. Everyone is not going to get married, you know, whenever they attain the same st um, status of maybe when you, get, you become a graduate and then you get a job and obviously everybody is expecting that the next, next thing is married. But it won't happen like that for every single person. And we must understand it. We must understand that God, I mean, every man is accountable to God. God has, has a path for every single person to run in. And my path might not be your path. You know, the path of you, the brother beside you, will not be the path of the same path of the sister beside you. And we must understand that. And yet again, where marriage is concerned, you know, there are some people that they don't have the desire to get married. And that's just the truth. They don't have the desire to get married. And it's not bad. The Bible, I mean, says that it's not good for a man to be alone. Yeah, but there's some people that, you know, they feel, I mean, they're happy the way they are. And we have, we have precedents in the Bible. Jesus was not married. Paul was not married. 
You know, there are many people, you know, even that have gone, gone before and around us that are not married and they are living fulfilled lives. That's the ultimate objective. That's the ultimate, you know, that what, where, wherever we believe God is taking us to, is leading us to, we are fulfilled. We are living a fulfilled life and we can fulfill God's ultimate agenda um, for your life. Glory to God. So before you get married, you must be ready to count the cost. Like Pastor Bennett said, you must be ready to count the cost. You must, be, you must ensure that you have what it takes to build this edifice that is called marriage. And when we say count the cost, obviously there are different things you need to consider. There's emotional investment that is going to be, going to be made. There's spiritual investment that is going to be made. There's financial investment that is going to be made. So it's important that before you begin this lifelong journey, you count the cost. You are prepared. You are prepared mentally. You understand that, you know, once you get into this, it's not me alone anymore. But my life is tied into someone's destiny forever and ever. Glory to God. And, and we realize that more and more people are having marital issues in our generation. One will argue that these issues have always been there, but perhaps the generation of our parents and our grandparents, they took the view to suffer in silence, to suffer in that relationship, and to understand that, okay, that's their, that's their, that's their call, that's their portion in life. But in this generation, you know, we see people, they get into marriage, and they realize maybe two years later, three years later, they didn't really have what it takes. Maybe they shouldn't have married that person at all. They're not ready to do the work. And the next thing is they're looking for a way out. And so, so many people in this day, in this, in, this, in, this, in this generation, that's the attitude that they have towards marriage. Amen. You get in and you realize, oh, it's not all rosy as I thought. It's not what I expected. It's not what I anticipated. And the next thing is, you know, you're looking for the next door out. Someone said marriage is not a bed of roses. But I'm going to modify it, you know. Marriage can be a bed of roses, but what you must realize and understand is roses grow among thorns. For every rose that blossoms, there are thorns around that rose. And so for people who are going to experience the roses in marriage, you must be ready to deal with the thorns that come alongside marriage. There are thorns in every marriage. And those that have learned, you know, to have successful, been able to have successful marriages, have been able to deal with those thorns. Until they get to the point where the roses then begin to blossom. Amen. It takes two people to ensure that a relationship or a marriage can continue to sparkle. And if you are coming together to, with someone and you want to enjoy sparkles, you know, you must be able to sparkle on your own in the first instance. Because marriage is two people. If you want to live off the sparkle of somebody else, you just quench that person's sparkle. <laughs> Amen. You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 9 that two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. 
So two are better than one because two people are coming into a relationship, into a union, knowing that they are bringing something to, into, into that relationship. Knowing that they are coming to contribute in that relationship. And that's the only way it can get better. If it's only one person that is bearing the brunt of a relationship, then one way or the other, someone is going to get frustrated. And someone is going to want out. But when you understand that, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into this relationship, I'm bringing my part. I'm bringing my own contribution. I'm bringing my own spark, as it were. And when both our sparks come together, you have sparkles. <laughs> Glory to God. So I'm just going to share very quickly just um, a, a, a few keys um, for the singles in the house this morning. Um, some of these things are not new per se, but, you know, it's important that we keep hearing and hearing these things because in our everyday lives, we face different and different um, 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 situations that we need to apply these things. Glory to God. Don't get into a relationship with someone if you have no intent of marrying that person. It will surprise you to know that, you know, there are people that are so flippant where relationships are concerned. You know, you don't know. I mean, a relationship is, should be, a, I mean, a coming together of two people where there's a lot of investments being made into one another. It's not a decision that you make flippantly. And so you find people that, you know, they just jump into, I mean, propose to this person, or they just want to try this person out, they just want to try that person out, they just want to sample, and things like that. And they become the sampler generation. So there are some basic questions that you must ask yourselves. Now, nobody is going to know the entire future of whoever, even as married couples, people that have been married for years and years, you cannot tell the future of your spouse. But there are things, there are pointers. I mean, because you have, you have fellowship together, you have lived together, you have, you have been able to do things together. I mean, there are things that you can expect in your life. You know where you are as an individual. You know where you're coming from. If someone does not match the future that you expect to have, then there's no point going into an investment in that person's life, with that person's life, and you, you, you waste two, three years of your time. First of all, I mean, you are holding someone down. You are slowing down someone's destiny. And at the end of three years, you come around and you say, oh, well, I mean, I'm not really interested in getting married. So what's the point? So what's the point? There's no point going out with someone if he or she is not the kind of person that you want to spend your future with. So that's a question that you must be able to answer before you get into a relationship. Now, obviously, there are many questions that we will not, you will not be able to answer. And some of those things, they are the things that you then begin to get into. You then begin to test, you know, some of your, uh, um, um, some of the things that you have seen, some of the things that you have heard around that person. That's what the period of courtship to is about. The period of courtship is when you begin to test, you know, your beliefs about that person. Glory to God. So you shouldn't go into a relationship, first of all, without having a word or a direction from God as a believer. God's direction never goes out of fashion. Getting wisdom from God never goes out of fashion. Why? Because he is the one who ordained the institution of marriage. There's no way we will have crystal clarity about any marital relationship. But once we learn to trust in God, once we learn to move by the direction and the leadership of God then you're on the right path. 
you're on the right path. Glory to God. Number two, choose well. Choose well. There are are, are couples that you see together today and you wonder, how on earth did these two people come together? From where to where? They have absolutely no business being together. Let me read 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. And I'm, I'm reading TPT version. It says, don't continue to team up with unbelievers in mismatched alliances. For what partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion? Who could mingle light with darkness? Now, when we, we, we read this, this scripture, I mean, not, not getting yoked, not getting joined together with an unbeliever is one thing. But, at the other, but on the other hand, it says that, it talks about mismatched alliances. Mismatched alliances. Because the fact that two people are believers does not mean that they are meant for each other. The fact that two people are from the same tribe does not mean that they are meant for each other. The fact that two people are the same age does not mean that they are meant for each other. So there are some things that you must ask yourself. And these are some of the things that, you know, you begin to explore in the place of courtship. Hallelujah. What are this person's values? What are this person's beliefs? What are the things that makes this person tick? Where does this person see himself in the next five years, in the next ten years? Do I see myself in that picture? I know there's nothing wrong with, with um, starting a relationship with the right intention. And then maybe down the line, both of you realize that, oh, we thought we were along, going along the same path. But it appears that we're, you know, we're not really aligned. There's nothing wrong with breaking a relationship. Nothing wrong with breaking a relationship. Amen. But at the same time, you know, it's extremely important that you realize that sometimes you will not see the future that you expect in a person. I say that very carefully. The person you are looking at today might not look like the future that you desire. But the future that you desire is actually inside that person. So the extreme of that is allowing yourself to be judged by all you can see about a person today. And that's where the place of being led by God comes in. Because there's no way you will see through and through the future of that person. But that person has a maker. He has a creator. And that creator is able to show you what he has in store for this person. Amen. So it takes seeing with the eye of the spirit. And not necessarily based on all that you can see around that person today. There are people that have walked out of relationships because, oh, they felt that he, I mean, this person was not um, financially stable. He didn't have a job. And in the next one year, two years, things just turned around for that person. And of course, shame will catch you. You cannot go back to beg. Or somebody else has taken the place that you left. Amen. So you don't judge based on what you see alone. Amen. That's why seen by the eye of the spirit comes in. That's where, you know, taking time to make such decisions, not flippantly, but in a place of prayer, in a place of obtaining counsel, in a place of, you know, seeking guidance from mentors around you. Glory to Jesus. So it's a choice. I mean, it's one of the most important decisions that anybody will ever make. You know, the Bible tells us something in in Genesis 24. 
about how Abraham went, um, you know, to choose a wife for his son Isaac. And I was reading that chapter and I asked myself, so where, where was Isaac in all of this? Isaac just sat down somewhere and my father was getting, <laughs> getting a wife for him. But it just shows something that, you know, that, that there must have been a level of trust and confidence that Isaac had in his father. And we see other areas of scriptures where they had other experiences that showed that, you know, there was that level of confidence that, um, 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 you know, Isaac had with his father. And even God mentioned it, that I know this man that he will command his children after me. Let's look at Genesis 24, some of the things that um, Abraham did while he was making that choice. Where is my scripture? Okay, Genesis 24, verse 2. It says, So Abraham said to the older servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord God, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son, from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son. Verse 6. But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. Hallelujah. So the first thing that Abraham did was that Abraham got, brought God into his decision making. Amen. Abraham got a wife from, for his son from his kind, from his type, from his tribe. Now, when we talk about tribe, I mean, obviously, there, I think we should look at the, the basic principles that guided Abraham's decision. There are some of the things that will not necessarily be relevant in our day. So, I mean, a man saying that, you know, because I'm Igbo, the only person I'm going to marry is Igbo. Mm. God help you. <laughs> so the Yoruba people are not people made by God. Hallelujah. But Abraham knew that, you know, this was the kind of person that was destined for his wife. And he told his servants, don't go to this location. Don't go to that location. Because I am on an assignment from God, I know that this is where God wants me to get a wife from my son. Amen. So he trusted God to make that decision for him. And he sends his, his servants along, along that way. Praise the Lord. The next thing I'm going to say is that don't settle for less because of pressure. His servant asked him, you know, what if the person that I see, if I meet someone and the person is not willing um, to come with me? Abraham said, then I release you from my oath. I release you from my oath. Don't just pick anybody because, oh, the person that I was expecting was not ready to come al alongside with me. No, I'm not going to make choice, a decision under pressure. Amen. So Abraham took time. He saw the face of God. He saw the help of God. He released the angels of God, even in making that choice. And so in making the choice of someone that we are, we are going to spend the rest of your life with, it's one of the most important decisions that God must be the center. God must be the center. God must be the center of that decision and the choice that you are making. Praise the Lord. 
You need to find and you need to be found. You need to find and you need to be found. We've established already that, you know, God's desire is that marriages should blossom. Marriages should blossom. People should find, you know, their partners. People should sparkle with one another. People should have intimate relationships. People should have healthy marital relationships. And so if you're an individual and you know that definitely you have a desire to get married, then you have, you have to find or you have to be found. Amen. And what does that mean? Matthew 13, 45 to 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. The Bible says that a merchant was seeking beautiful pearls. Marriage can be, I mean, a beautiful partner can be like a beautiful pearl. Hitman was seeking beautiful pearls. And what happened? He sought, he went about seeking, he went about seeking, he went about seeking. And when he eventually found, he was able to put, he was ready to put away everything just to ensure that he gets that price. Just to ensure that he gets that price. So there's the place of seeking. There's a place of finding. The Bible says that whoso finds, whoso finds a wife. Before you find a wife, you need to have, I mean, you need to find a partner. Amen. Because the person is first, you know, in a relationship and then becomes a wife. So there's a place of finding. There's a place of being found. And when we talk about being found, there is a place of positioning yourself appropriately. I like very much the story of Ruth. You know, Ruth was a woman on an assignment. Her husband died and it could have very well been the end of the world for her. It could have been the end of everything. She could, have, she could have decided that she was going to just wallow in pity and wallow in the fact that everything that she had in life had been lost. But she made the decision that she was going to go on a mission. And that mission, she was going to join herself to her mother-in-law. She was going to go back to her mother-in-law's um, 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 town. She was going to seek the God of her mother-in-law and make that God her God. So she gave herself one assignment in life. Amen. And in the place of that assignment, she was eventually found. Let's read Ruth chapter 3. Ruth chapter 3 verse 3 says, Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. And verse 6 says, so she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain and she came softly, uncovered his feet and lay down. Ruth was very, very strategic. Thank God for mothers-in-law <laughs> that have wisdom and can communicate that wisdom. But she was obedient to her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law told her, you know, don't just go, you know, anyhow. Anoint yourself. Put on your best garment. Go somewhere where the man was able to notice you and make yourself known to this man. And eventually the man that was not looking in her direction before began to notice her. And what happened? He saw that there was actually a jewel in this woman. And they got married. But if she did not strategically position herself, she might have missed out. She might have missed out. 
Amen. So there are practical things. I mean, and what and how many what, what did her mother-in-law tell her? I mean, yeah, go to where the man is. Go to where you will see, I mean, you you'll find that I mean this man can notice you. Look good, smell good, dress good. These are simple, practical things that um, um, single people can, 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 can use. But ultimately, like I said, the center of it all is ensuring that God is ordering you and God is leading you and God is guiding your steps. Amen. If you want to be found, you cannot hide yourself. You cannot hide yourself. And if you want to find, you cannot sit down in your house and expect that the wife is going to come to you. The same way that God brought Eve to Adam. You have to go a finding. You have to go on a mission. And I believe that as many people as, you know, will, will, will commit themselves to an assignment, to a mission. And the place of that mission and the place of that assignment, the right partners will come alongside you. Glory to God. Now, when you've eventually found the person, it's also important that you take time to ask questions. That you take time to understand one another. That you take time, you know, to understand the direction that he or she is going to. To ensure that you are aligned. To identify issues that can potentially kill sparks in your marriage. That's what courtship is all about. And it's important that you don't take things for granted and you don't overlook issues. Ask questions. Open your eyes. Shine your eyes like they say. Shine your eyes. And understand that because this is a lifelong journey, you know, if I'm not ready to, if there are things that I'm not ready to compromise on with this person, then let's call it quits. But really and truly for any marriage that is going to work, there has got to be compromise. Because two people are coming from two different backgrounds. Two people are coming from two different kinds of experiences. And if you insist from day one that, I mean, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, work bembe. For every two people that you see today that have that succeeded in marriage, you know, there has, and it's in line with, you know, the things that Pastor T has been, has been teaching. You can't afford to be stubborn. There's got to be give and take. There are things that you must be ready to, 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 to do away with. Why? Because you are going to, you are, you are becoming welded. You know, when, if you are joining two pieces of metal together, you know, the Bible says that two people become one flesh. That process of one flesh if you're taking two pieces of metal and you're trying to join together, what happens? There's a welding. I mean, there's some things that have to be scraped away for those two pieces to come together to then, you know, be as one. Some things have to be scraped away from the individual parts and then they can weld together as one. Praise God. Find out why he or she wants to get married. Find out what is your purpose for getting married. And the reason both of you are coming together to get married must be for a reason that is bigger than both of you. I mean, you've heard people say, oh, they just need a companion. That's why they want to get married. You know, of course, marriage is about companionship, but it's just one of the reasons to get married. It can't be the only reason why you want to get married. Because two years down the line, if he or she finds another companion then they have no need for that marriage again. If the only reason you are coming together to get married is because you are looking for a companion, another companion will come. Another companion will show up. Amen. Are you pursuing similar paths? Are you pursuing similar paths? 
Psalm 11.3 says that if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? What can the righteous do? So you must understand that marriage is not a cure-all. Marriage is beautiful, but marriage is not a cure-all. You must be whole as a single before you then decide to join yourself to someone else. You must have defined what you want to do as an individual. And then with the strengths, with the resources that you have, with the vision that you have, you are then joining it to someone else that is on another assignment. That's what marriage is about. Two people coming together to, I mean, to, to, to begin another nation, to begin you know, a, joint, a, a joint vision, a joint purpose under God. Amen. So it's important that, I mean, you, you find yourself as an individual, find yourself, and it's good to define who you are and define what you want to be in a partner and what, what you would like to see in a partner. Amen. But at the same time, you know, it's always important that you allow God to interrupt you because you might think this is what I need, but God is saying, no, this is what you need. This is what you need because I see the future and I see ahead of you. So deal with issues as an individual and then you can enter into a relationship that will multiply wholeness and will elevate oneness and will ensure that you continue to sparkle. So ensuring that, you know, you, 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 you experience sparkles in your relationship, it starts from the choices that you make. It starts from the attitude that you have. It starts even from how, 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 how open you are to allowing God to lead you and to allowing God to guide you. It starts from you, you know, making informed decisions and not just, you know, taking this idea flippantly. Marriage is ordained by God and if you, if you see marriage the way God sees marriage and, you know, you, you, you step on that path the way God originally intended for you to do, then you know that you're on the path that you will continue to experience sparkles when you eventually come together. So singles in a house, you know, God's desire is that you step into a relationship you step into a marriage where you continue to experience sparkles. But it begins from how you start. How you start is very important. How you choose is very important. What got you into that relationship is very important. And it's, very, and, 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 and it's important to know that if you see that this is not taking you anywhere, it's time to step aside. It's time to step aside. And don't allow yourself to be locked in something where you will you know, end up in premium tears. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's rise on our feet. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you praise. I want us to take a few minutes to pray for our singles in the house. And if you are married, yes, I want to also pray for our singles in the house. I believe that there are many of them that are in the valley of decision. There are many of them that are you know, have one baggage or another that they have carried for years. And for some reason, it has prevented them from, you know, entering into this next phase, even though it's a desire and it's a cry of their hearts. But I believe that one thing that God wants to do this morning is to bring about healing, is to bring about restoration, is to bring about clarity more than ever before. 
clarity more than ever before. The things that have stood in your way, the things that have stood in your path, by reason of the power of God, God is going to bring about a cleansing and a removal of what has been a weight, of what has been a challenge in the years past. Amen. I want us to take the post of intercession this morning because I know that God wants, you know, to bring about relationships, healthy relationships to spring forth even from this season. Let's lift up our voice and just begin to pray. Oh, hallelujah. Let's lift up every, every man, every woman that is single today and desirous of a marital relationship. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.